At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. In this episode, we are entering the realm of the bizarre and frightening, emphasis on bizarre, so listener discretion is advised. Also, if any Hollywood executives are listening, boy, have we got a film pitch for you. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Alex, please don't do this to me. Okay, well, do you want me to finish chewing so I can do our intro, or do you want me to stop chewing and say it with popcorn in my mouth? Okay, I want you to chew it and then finish your food so you can say the intro. I'm going to put the popcorn on the bag. Or the popcorn on the bag. I'm going to put the popcorn on the floor. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, that means you too. I really hope Addison left what came right before this intro in the podcast for all of you because it was some quality content. But on that note, I am Alex Flanagan. I'm Addison Peacock, and I'm going to put the popcorn away and stop eating during my podcast. You can't criticize me for having popcorn in my mouth and then turn around and miss your own intro because you're eating popcorn. That's not how it works. I wish I could pretend that this was in any way relevant to this week's scripted, but we just bought some kettle corn because we wanted it. I I bought some kettle corn, and Addison is eating it because she thinks an open bag is an invitation. You can take the kettle corn out of the girl, but you can't take the girl out of the kettle corn. (laughs) Actually, I think it's the other way around. That might be correct. Anyway, Addison, why don't you go ahead and tell us about this week's scripted? All right. This week's scripted takes us all the way to the cheese-laden fields of Wisconsin. Are they? (laughs) The cheese has to come from somewhere. From the cheese fields. (laughs) Yes. They farm it there. All right. Everyone knows they farm cheese in Wisconsin, and they, uh, they harvest it for their hats. So this takes us all the way to Wisconsin. This week's cryptid is actually another sort of humanoid one. I'll have to break my mold at some point, but this one has a very particular... Alex, I swear to God. I swear to God. You put your hand in that bag, it's not coming back out. Is the cryptid in my popcorn? (laughs) Yes. Someone out there is getting ASMR (laughs) triggered by this. And then everyone else is horrified and has already thrown their phone across the room. I'm so sorry. I ran two miles this morning and this is all I've had since. (laughs) Don't make them think I'm starving you. Okay. This week's cryptid is spotted not only in one particular region, which is Wisconsin, but on one particular road. This week we're covering the Beast of Bray Road. Which I just learned about about 30 seconds ago. Yes. Ah, it's amazing. I learned about it very recently as well. I um, had it mentioned to me by a friend of mine who is, you guessed it, from... Wisconsin. So Wisconsin. From Wisconsin. <laughs> the Beast of Bray Road is described as a hairy humanoid with canine features. So it is sort of um, described in a lot of werewolf type language, but it's been spotted near the towns of Delavan and Elkhorn in Wisconsin. Those are very Wisconsin names. So it's an American werewolf in London in America. It's an American werewolf in Wisconsin. It was spotted primarily during the 1990s, but Sightings of it go back as far as 1935, which is very interesting, and I'll go into that in just a minute. Most cryptozoologists label it as a Bigfoot of sorts, and you all know probably by now what my opinion on that would be, which is to say I do not concur. That's mostly according to, there's apparently a lot of debate in cryptozoological circles about the Beast of Bray Road, which is which is fascinating to me. There are people who think it's some kind of werewolf, People who say, well, that's absurd. Werewolves don't exist. Clearly, it's a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. And then there's another school of thought, which are people who say, it's neither of those things. You guys are ridiculous. It's some other type of canine cryptid, which I think is probably, in my opinion, the most likely explanation, considering how long this thing has been around. If it were one solitary werewolf, 
I think it would be pretty old by now. Maybe it's a lineage of werewolves and their family stomping grounds is Bray Road in Wisconsin. I mean, that's entirely possible. So it's like a Dread Pirate Robert situation where mm. when one werewolf is done haunting Bray Road, uh, the werewolf in question passes it on to the next werewolf. Yeah, I mean, that's Like possible. handing off the family jersey. Like, I don't know. Like, I came from a uh, town in West Virginia where, like, tradition was everything. Yeah. And literally, um, they could not rezone the town for the school districts because there were people who would have probably protested if their grandchild had to go to a different high school than what they went to. So I'm thinking maybe this is like that. I came from a small town where they legally would not let a fast food chain build on the ground of that small town. Is it like that? It's a little bit like that. So it's like one of those situations where it's like, well, I haunted Bray Road and my daddy haunted Bray Road and his daddy before him haunted Bray Road. You're forgetting where we are. And no son of mine is gonna haunt any other street in Wisconsin. <laughs> You're forgetting where we are. So I think what you meant is something more like, no son of mine is gonna haunt another road. Not here, I swear to gosh. No son of mine's gonna haunt any other road in Wisconsin. <laughs> are you Irish? <laughs> I'm multi- I contain multitudes. I'm many things. So to continue, uh, actually, there is one other school of thought. Uh, there is an entire school of thought of people who, listening to the reports of indigenous people to the area, think that rather than a werewolf or a canine cryptid or a Sasquatch, this is a Wendigo. Huh. Which is very interesting. So some of the other nicknames for Beast of Bray Road are the Bluff Monster or the Eddie or the bear wolf, the indigenous. That's amazing. Yes, or the indigenous dog man, which I like. I like that one. That sounds like a really cool band name, and I'm taking indigenous it. dog man or bear wolf. The, the indigenous dog man. Bear I like wolf that a also lot. sounds great though. It does. But the thing is that because so many people associate it with being a werewolf, it is regarded as the most famous modern American werewolf. And I did not know that was a list or a category that anything could be Wait, in. Wait, so I really want to know who the other famous American werewolves are. I really wish I could tell you, but I actually don't have that listed. Hugh Jackman's I, Australian, so he's out. Um, who's really hairy in Hollywood today? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to think <gasps> of. Wait, no, he's not American. Jason Momoa is not American. No, he is American. Is he's he Hawaiian? Hawaiian? Yes. Jason Momoa is definitely one of the most afarican, um, help me, one of the most famous modern American werewolves. But apparently second to the Beast of Bray Road, who I hadn't heard of. So I think famous. maybe this list is outdated. I think maybe Jason <laughs> Momoa has taken over as the most famous American werewolf. That's actually really true. I think who, you're correct. Who played the the uh, Michael J. Fox? Was he? Michael J. Fox is he's definitely... He's also a pretty well-known American werewolf. I think that Michael J. Fox is easily a more famous American werewolf than the Beast of Bray Road, which neither you nor I had ever heard of prior to this recording. Yeah, I'm calling a bluff on the bluff monster. I think that... <laughs> oh, goodbye. He's no longer the most famous American you're... werewolf. It's time to relinquish that title. I'm so sorry. You're fired. I'm fired. <laughs> You're fired. The evidence supporting the Beast of Bray Road, according to the Cryptids Wiki, is far greater than the evidence supporting almost any other werewolf legend. Cryptozoologists, of course, do not take shapeshifters seriously unless they are fringe cryptozoologists. I did not know this. This is what I'm talking about, the debate in the cryptozoology community. Okay, so I think we have to make... We have to make a stand right now. Apparently, very serious cryptozoologists, you just said do not acknowledge... Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters. I won't stand for Except this. for fringe crypto... Did we just partition ourselves off as fringe cryptozoologists? Well, we're acknowledging them. We're not necessarily saying that they're real or that we are advocating that they exist. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to lose, like, an entire portion of the cryptozoological community from this podcast by taking a fringe opinion. Maybe we should, like, pick another monster right now. Okay. I mean, here's the deal. We're not saying the Beast of Bray Road is real. I'm saying it's real. But... We're saying, or we're saying that the Beast of Bray Road exists. We're not saying it's a werewolf or a shapeshifter. We're just saying that that's a theory about it. 
So you're going to have to go back and cut my American werewolf in London in America joke? No, I'm not going to cut any of our jokes. Okay, That's good. comedy gold. I would never touch that. And then, of course, some people who hate fun think that all this fuss must be based around an escaped pet wolf a large feral dog, a bear, or some other creature that is known to exist. Again, these are people who hate fun. That's what I'm saying. Others think it is a hallucination or that a costumed prankster is behind it all. I would love it if that were true because that would mean that, like your theory about a werewolf family, there's a family of costumed pranksters passing down this tradition from 1935 to now. Or one really, really old guy who just hasn't <laughs> given up the ghost yet. I love him. Who is he? He's my hero. He's, uh, what's the most aggressively Wiscansian name you can think of? Mmm. Bruce. Bruce? Bruce. His name is Bruce. Um, actually, oh, interesting. Um, the other Bruce of Bray Road. Goodbye. Other possible cryptids that have been linked to this are the skunk ape, which is a relative of Bigfoot, the Wahila, or bear dog, and the canine-like Shunka Warakin have all been mentioned as possibilities for the real identity of the Beast of Bray Road. Pull back the mask. Who is the Batman? Maybe it's Bruce. It's probably Bruce. Oh my god. Full circle. Didn't even mean to do it. This is how improv goes. Keep up, everybody. Okay. The Cryptids Wiki, if you ever have time to scroll through something and read it, is so comprehensive that it's... I love how comprehensive this wiki is, but um, the last main explanation used for the Beast of Bray Road is that at least two different creatures were being seen in the same area at the same time, and they ended up getting placed under the same label, even though they should have been studied separately. I love that theory, too, that there were just two cryptids bumping into each other on the same road. I imagine, like, a werewolf and a skunk ape like walking opposite directions down the road and they like bump into each other and do that whole like lean to the right lean to the left like oh <laughs> you go first that's my mental image for that my mental image is like a beautiful like misconnections article it's like me bigfoot traveling alone at night in the woods of wisconsin you indeterminate shapeshifter handsome eyes <laughs> <laughs> I loved the way you howled at the full moon. Unfortunately, our fortuitous meeting was cut short by that cryptozoologist hiding in the brush. <laughs> Message me. My email is big.foot at oregon.com. I don't know. We could be studied separately, but I'd rather be studied together. <laughs> I'd rather we aren't studied at all, just you and me, us, alone, in the woods. Okay. I love it. <laughs> so I was able to find some logs of sightings of these creatures. There is a, a complete website dedicated to the Beast of Bray Road, but it is also a little bit biased because the title of this page is The Beast of Bray Road Hunting the American Werewolf, which I have a couple problems with. One, assuming it's a werewolf. Two, assuming it's American. And three, hunting seems a little aggressive. I don't love that. You shouldn't hunt any kind of wolf. You shouldn't hunt it's any not, kind of wolf. It's not great. Especially one that may or may not turn into a human in the daytime hours. Just saying. While I look up my notes, Alex, would you like to riff to the people? <laughs> oh my god, I love nothing more than this. Okay, so like I said, I knew nothing about the Beast of Ray Road before about 30 seconds before we turned on the microphone. And this is intentional because uh, when Addison told me her cryptid choice for this week, I decided not to look up anything more about it because I thought it would be funnier if I went in clueless. But also, I'm enough of a nerd that I couldn't bear to go in without knowing anything. And the one thing I was able to find in the interim between when we sat down and when we started recording is that there is actually a Beast of Bray Road movie. Um, I saw about More this. specifically, there's a very bad Beast of Bray Road movie um, made in 2005 on IMDb. It has a 3.7 out of 10 rating. And that's not like a few erroneous people misliked it. Like that's out of 1,021 ratings, it has about three. Um, so, you know, that's not great. But I think 
it is maybe an asylum film. And like, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of a bummer because I love asylum films. They are basically what I think is the epitome of comedy, which is when you try to do something really poorly and nail it. Like, that's awesome. Um, kind of that. like me me doing this little intro bit right now. But I think that says something fundamentally weird about the concept of Beast of Bray Road, that, like, you're going to make a movie about it, and the only way you can think of to tackle it is by making an, a, an intentionally bad movie about it? Do we not take the Beast of Bray Road seriously? I don't know. I'd never heard of it. It intrigues me that there's, like, a niche community of people who heard about this thing and found it so weird that they decided to make a not-serious horror film about it. So, like, what is it about the Beast of Bray Road that makes it less scary than a regular werewolf, which has, like, tons of legit horror movies about it. Oh my god, there are so many werewolf movies, and plenty of them really good, some of them really bad. Fun fact about me and my childhood, the first movie to genuinely scare me was uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks Meet the Wolfman when I was, like, six years old. <laughs> Have you seen it? It's really good. Um, I thought I had, but we must have been seeing totally different movies. The sequence with the witch woman, and she's talking the to Alvin. The <laughs> I hate you. This 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 sequence with the witch woman and she's talking to Alvin and she's like, um, even the man who is something and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf's band blows and the moon is full and bright. It's from another movie, but they reference it in that film and she says it to him and it was so creepy. In and an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie? <laughs> yes! I promise you, this is not, I didn't, I didn't dream this. This is real. People need to back me up on this. The public needs to back me up on this because you're looking at me like I'm crazy. That's just the kettle corn talking. (laughs) I promise I know what I'm talking about. I know my Alvin and the Chipmunks films. I don't watch these like bullshit uh, new ones either. Like the road ship. I don't touch that. I do that, that OG 2D animation. This is like a total side note. Uh Uh-huh. But I especially to someday have the confidence of the brave soul who thought it would be a good idea to release Road Chip on the same day as The Force Awakens. <laughs> Somebody made that call, and I want to be that confident in myself someday. That's like the goal. Lord grant me the confidence to release the of road the producers chip. of Road Chip. Producers of I'm sorry, Alex, you're you're calling it the wrong thing. I'm sorry, did you mean Alvin and the Chipmunks the Road Chip? I did mean Alvin and the Chipmunks she the meant Road Critically chip. acclaimed feature. Critically acclaimed feature film Alvin and the Chipmunks the Road Chip. I also love that a whole franchise started from just like taking songs and speeding them up so that people's voices sounded real funny. It's amazing. But back um, to the anyway uh, the topic of movies. So I want to know what is it about the Beast of Bray Road that makes it less scary? Like you're the one who did the research here. Is the Beast of Bray Road malevolent? Does it actually harm people? Every single sighting that I can find, the most malevolent thing that the Beast of Bray Road does is just pop out on this road looking pretty spooky. And cheer for the other high school's football team. Yeah. (laughs) Threaten your cheese. (laughs) No, it just makes people nervous. Like, that's all I can find out about it. This isn't like, this isn't like previous cryptids we've covered that eat people or cut them open or drag them back to the lair to feast on their entrails. This thing just kind of pops up on roads and is like, what's up? Um, So there's no precedent for it actually doing anything mean or violent? No, not that I can find. I mean, I think there are people who've gone missing that have been blamed on the Beast of Bray Road, but it feels like a smear campaign to me. Well, that definitely explains why the movie wasn't very good. Can you imagine trying to make an R-rated horror film about a, a, like a, a hairy man that just pops up and like spooks you? <laughs> okay, don't be rude. He's not a man. It's a canine cryptid variety described by one account as looking like a wolf on top of a bear which provides another excellent potential explanation which is that this is a wolf and a bear that are best friends and the wolf is riding on the bear's shoulders and they're just spooking people they're just like jumping out they're like hey hey todd hey todd there's a minivan Let's do it. They're just two bros. They're just two bros, two forest forest bros doing some pranks, hanging out on a dirt road. 
Did you write that before this episode? <laughs> no, I didn't. I wish. That's great. I love it. It's my, my new ringtone. Okay, good. All right, so the sightings I was mentioning. My favorite sighting I came across is on the website prairieghosts.com. Uh, has one of the most prevalent, one of the most well-known sightings of the Beast of Bray Road was, and this is either a really great coincidence or somebody pulling a fun Halloween prank because it was on October 31st, 1999. A young woman named, and I got to do the accent for this one because, oh boy, a young woman named Doris Dean Gibson from nearby Elkhorn was driving along Bray Road near Delavan. As she neared the intersection of Hospital Road, she leaned over to change the station on her radio and she felt her right front tire jump off the ground as if she had hit something. So first of all, Doris Dean is the antagonist here. She straight up hit this thing. As she peered through the darkness, she saw a dark, hairy form racing toward her. She did not see what the figure looked at from the dis- looked like from the distance at which she was standing, about 50 feet. But she did see the figure was quite bulky, and she would later compare the form to someone who works out regularly with weights. <laughs> so this thing is I'm sorry. Jacked. This is really just sounding like another misconnection. Like <laughs> me, Doris, driving on the road late at night. You really handsome. <laughs> you, Do you work out? You Jack as heck. You you jacked as all heck. Uh, no, she jumped in and was attempting to drive away when the beast jumped onto her truck. Okay, so it did jump onto her truck. Luckily, her truck was too wet for the creature to hang on, and it fell off onto the pavement. Oh, that's a terrible visual. This is really sad. Wait, imagine if it really is just a big dog. That would be so upsetting. <laughs> oh, no. He's, he wants a friend. That's why this movie got an R rating. It's yeah, just like seriously. a very, very upsetting dog scene. Now, she said she had no idea what it was, but she wondered if perhaps it might have been a bear angry because she had struck it with her car. Well, yeah, anyone's going to be angry if you strike it with your car. Okay, I'm sorry, though. It says her tire, like, lifted off the road. Like, she ran over something. Yeah. You don't just run over a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You will know. <laughs> Are you sure? Have you ever run over a bear? No. Well, yeah. Okay, this is my other account that I really enjoyed. This was from 1989. A 24-year-old bar manager, Lorianne Andreezy, was rounding a curve on Bray Road just a half mile from the site of the uh, other incident and saw what she thought was a person kneeling and hunched over on the side of the road. She slowed down, as you do when there's a random person kneeling on the side of the road in the middle of the night, and she took a closer look at the figure on the passenger side of the car. She was no more than six feet away from it at the time. The sighting lasted for about 45 seconds, and she stated that she clearly saw a beast with grayish-brown hair, fangs, and pointed ears. She said his face was long and snouty, like a wolf. <laughs> she Snouty. She also noted that even though the car's headlights were pointed ahead down the roadway, not toward the creature, its eyes glowed with a yellowish color, just like an animal's will do when reflecting car lights. Just like Doris, she saw how wide and powerful the creature's chest and build were. Stop sexualizing the werewolf. Jeez Louise. She went on to add that the arms of the beast were rather strange. They were jointed as a man's would be, and it seemed to be holding food with its palms upward, completely like, completely unlike any animal she had ever heard of. I have to interrupt you right now because a, a terrible thought just occurred to me. Tell me. Like I said earlier, I take no credit for this because I researched this for exactly 30 seconds, but... I am so, so sorry if the movie that I referred you to is not actually a horror movie, but R-rated for some other reason, because all these Beast of Bray Road descriptions are going down a road that I am not particularly comfortable with. I'm going to just take a second really quick, and I'm going to, I'm going to pitch my, uh, I'm going to pitch my, um, my, uh, porn parody of the Beast of Bray Road called The Beast of Laid Road. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> and uh, um, the reason I want to pitch this film is because of the next sentence of this sighting. Uh, really quickly, the arms were muscular like a man who had worked out a little bit and the creature seemed to have human-like fingers with claws on the ends. She did not notice any sort of tail but did say that it had 
that its back legs were behind it like a person would be if kneeling. She was completely unnerved by the sighting. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Some buff man with the head of a wolf is kneeling on the ground by my car. I have have two problems with this. All right, talk to me. The first one is that she describes the arms as muscular, like that of a man who has worked out a little bit. Your arms don't get muscular if you work out a little bit. Have you tried? Anybody who's ever tried, like, two days of Pinterest exercises to get really ripped arms. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Your arms aren't muscular from that. So I want to know what the Beast of Bray Road is doing, and I want that pin. The other thing, the other thing, Mm -hmm. no tail, correct? No tail. Final evolution of the taily po. No. Yes. Absolutely not. So you're saying that you're saying that not only does the Taily Po evolve like some kind of nightmare Pokemon, yes. but that what it evolves into yes. is a super jacked werewolf guy. Yes. I love this. Okay, I'm sorry, I have to go into one little more one little bit more about Indrizi's uh sighting because just something about this is very funny to me. Not this first part, because I don't think it's funny when people get freaked out or scared. Indrizi was completely unnerved by the sighting. She later stated in an interview that the creature had appeared to be so human like that it was scary, but apparently not so human-like that it was a human. Uh, her own answer to what she had seen was that it had been a freak of nature. That's a little mean. Was she upset or intrigued? <laughs> Stop that. Captivated, even. Stop that. She had no idea what it could have been until she saw a book at the library that had an illustration of a werewolf in it. This woman is 24 and she has never, She's seen, never a werewolf. seen a werewolf in her life. Never watched a movie with one. Never seen a drawing of one. Never watched uh, the Scooby-Doo Wolfman Movie, never any of it. Never seen Alvin and the never Chipmunks. Never seen Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, she said it so closely resembled what she had seen on Bray Road that her eyes popped out of her head. That's That doesn't seem true. That doesn't seem true, ma'am. Ma'am. Um, but anyway, those are two of the most prominent sightings. But according to another source I found, it has been seen over 100 times. It has, a, it has had over 100 recorded sightings. With a flurry of sightings in 1989, that is when most of them occurred, were in the late 80s, early 90s, which, less so for the 90s, but, like, the 80s was a time, I think, for, like, really jacked heavy metal dudes with really long hair, so I'm just saying, is it possible that what they, in fact, saw was, like, the guitarist for some hair metal band just kind of hanging out on the side of this road? I really think it was American Werewolf in London 2, American Werewolf in London in America. (laughs) I like it a lot. Um, Because, I mean, like, okay, when did the original American Werewolf in London, when was that? I don't know. That was in the 80s. It was in the 80s, right? Yeah, I think so. So I'm telling you, this is the sequel that never made it. Oh, I like that. I like it a lot. So basically, that is the summary of The Beast of Bray Road. It's a very interesting thing. The thing that captivated me about The Beast of Bray Road was not its stunning muscular physique, but rather... Uh, the fact that it's apparently been singing over a hundred times and still nobody knows what the hell this thing is. Or why it sticks to this one road in Wisconsin. And, or actually, just on top of all of that, why anyone keeps driving down that road, actually. I, like, I get you that. You know what they're hoping to find. Oh my god. No, like, like I get it. I get that don't blame, don't blame the victim in terms of these people who are scared by this thing that they see. But if I were the mayor of this small town in Wisconsin, I would have just, like, roped off this road years ago. Just like, mm, people keep seeing a big scary animal on this particular road and nowhere else. Maybe don't let people drive on it anymore. Maybe just new traffic zoning laws. Eh. Eh. <laughs> I'm a little upset because usually this, and this is when I should have done my research, 
Usually this is the part where I would riff into survival strategies, but apparently this has never actually done anything you need to survive. So it'll, it'll jump up on your car and then slide right off yeah. like it's in a like it's in a Three Stooges movie. Right, seriously. Um okay, so anyway, it but, loves physical comedy. But it's okay because actually this is a perfect opportunity to riff into something else, which is an idea for I think maybe a new segment of the show given to me by one of our great great totally awesome Twitter followers who I've decided is my new best friend. Uh, this is coming to us from Jackie B. She's on Twitter at at doily spider, D-O-I-L-Y-S-P-I-D-E-R. Check her out. It's like a great Twitter account. But the other day she tweeted at me and asked me what the most kissable cryptid is. And I thought I had answers, but I think after today's episode, we all have the new definitive answer, which is very clearly the Beast of Bray Road. So <laughs> the Beast of Bray Road. I was going to ask about ratings, but I think that this is the rating system for the Beast of Bray the Beast of Bray Road. I think it is Beast of Bray Road wins the title of most kissable cryptid, ten out of ten, jacked as all hell. Oh yeah, no, obviously like like they were doing the sexiest cryptid alive issue in like Cryptozoology Weekly this week, I guess, apparently as of right now. And it was Beast of Bright Road. Just Crypto- Beast of Bright Road. Cryptozoology Weekly, the swimsuit issue. The swimsuit issue of Cryptozoology Weekly. Like, this Beast of Bright Road, he's looking good. I really do need you to know that all of the, like, weird little riffs we've gone on on this episode have kind of merged in my head and, pro- and produced an unholy spawn, which is uh, my brain is now picturing the beautiful Jason Momoa, who was looking fine as heck in those uh, Aquaman promo pictures, but him, like, emerging from the pool in, like, his Aquaman getup, but with just the face of a wolf. Can I just tell you, one group of words that I never in my life thought I would have to put together would be cryptozoology fan service. But here we are somehow. So my guarantee to all of you Crypto Keeper listeners out there is that by the end of this week, there will be a Photoshop for you of Jason Momoa as the Beast of Ray Road in American Werewolf in London 2, American Werewolf in London in America. Somebody make this. We will retweet it. We will love you forever. I will, like, send you a virtual high five slash a bunch of just, like, really excited emojis. The hard eyes emoji, you're getting a whole bunch of those. Just a whole bunch of those. I'll um, make it myself if I have to. Okay, I... If, no, no, make... If nobody make, else mm-hmm. makes a beautiful, beautiful movie poster for... American Werewolf in London to American Werewolf in London in America starring Jason Momoa as the Beast of Bray Road, I will make one and release it for you on like Friday or Saturday, but you have until then to wow me. That is a really delicious word salad you just Wait, made. I'm sorry. You have until then to wow me. <laughs> Hello? Is there someone there? Yeah, wow. It's me, Owen Wilson. I'm the new recurring character on the Crypton Keeper. Owen? We talked about this. It was funny the first time, but I think the people are going to get sick of you if you keep showing up. Actually, I think it's still funny. Somebody reviewed your podcast and said that the best part of it was that me, Owen Wilson, is a recurring character. Oh no, Alex, I, I don't feel so good. I think maybe the, the Owen fever is spreading. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh no, it's I so I went bad. outside today and I looked up at the sky and I said, wow, it's really blue. <laughs> Um, I'm very okay. grateful to Owen Sorry. for bringing us into the review section, though, because actually, something you may not know is that we are having a contest on Twitter right now on our Facebook page. Fun little giveaway. Uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at CrypKeepPod. That's at C-R-Y-P-K-E-E-P-P-O-D. Mm-hmm. And we also are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Yeah, easy enough, right? Um, 
but we are running a giveaway right now where we are trying to get more views on iTunes. We're very, very grateful for what we have right now, um, which is we currently have a five-star rating, like average. It's amazing. All of our reviews have been five stars so far, and we are so super grateful and humbled by that. This is not an invitation to be like a cool, fun, edgy bro on the internet and fuck that up for us. Do not. We will find you. Don't heck that up for Don't us. Don't heck that up for us. I will send a Taylor Poe after you on a mission of vengeance. Um, but anyway, so what we are doing right now is if uh, every time we get to 10 new reviews on iTunes, we will randomly select one of our reviewers and do a giveaway. So if you've already reviewed us, that's awesome. You're entered. All we have to do is get to 10. So have your friends, family listen to us, leave us more reviews. Um, the first giveaway that we're doing is going to be a free sticker sheet that we'll be releasing soon. So if you are the winner, you'll be like the first one to get your hands on it. Um, there are a few fun sticker designs that were also released on our Twitter and on our Facebook. They're unfinished right now, but you have kind of like a sneak peek to mm-hmm. see what, what's into it. They include a Taylor Poe, including some of our ratings we gave it on the episode. They include a reimagination of Owen Wilson as a skinwalker. Yeah, there's, there's skinwalker Wilson on there. And uh, Bigfoot is my girlfriend, which is something I had not yet gotten to say on the show, but if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me talking about this, so let me repeat a sentiment I've already expressed on Twitter, which is one, Bigfoot is real, two, she is my girlfriend, and three, please be nice to her, she's very shy. I'm pretty sure you've said literally all those words on this podcast before. <laughs> but I think kind of spread throughout, like you have to search for them. Right, uh, right, I got you. You have to do like a memento style Da Vinci Code, like, search and put all the pieces together and that. We'll have those. We'll also have a um, Liberfarian sticker because that got some good reviews from the last (laughs) episode. If you have any other suggestions for stickers you want to see or for, like, favorite jokes you've had, please tweet them at us, send them to to us on Facebook. Um, And just a quick note on that, in order for us to actually know who has reviewed us on iTunes, because there's no way for us to track you down that way, um, just take a screenshot of your review and either tweet it at us or message it to us on Facebook, and that will enter you into our cool, fun game giveaway. There was a really bad joke I was trying to make a minute ago, and then I didn't get a chance to because you steered into productivity zone, which was great and all, but I didn't get to say, uh, girls never go for the nice guys like me. We always get friend zone while they go for super buff jacked cryptids, <laughs> like the Beast of Bray Road. I, I'm just imagining one of those memes where it's like, what guys think girls want, and then what girls actually want, and it's like, <laughs> what guys think girls want, and it's like all the dudes from it's like One Direction, yeah. and then like, what girls actually want, and it's Jason Momoa as a, as a wolf man. It's <laughs> Just a picture of the super jacked beast of Bray Road. And she said, looking rem- just so, so snouty. <laughs> let me let me remind you, too, that she said uh, the, the bartender or the bar manager girl said in her sighting that it looked like it was holding food with upturned hands. And to me, that just sounds like it was offering her some food, which really rounds out the beast of Bray Road as my dream man. Oh, that just makes him so desirable. He is 10 out of 10 snouty AF. Um, he is offering you food. What girl doesn't want that? What girl that likes boys doesn't want to boy to offer her food. Also, if you like tall guys, one sighting said he was at least seven feet tall. That's a dream boat. He's hitting all the bases here. (laughs) So dreamy. Girls don't like boys. Girls like wolves sitting on a bear's shoulders. Offering them food with upturned palms. Uh, so real quick, since this is your cryptid, do you have a rating system you would like me to identify the Beast of Bray Road on? Well, you've already told me that it's the most kissable cryptid. It is the most kissable cryptid. Mm. American werewolf in London too. American werewolf in London in America. <laughs> That's a really good song. That's the theme music for American werewolf. In London. All right. No. Um. Again, our rating system has devolved in the last few episodes. We don't rate things so much as just kind of throw someone, throw each other like weird improv curveballs that we have to yes and into something usable. Yeah, it's almost like Scientology, except it's more like improv comedy. Exactly. 
weekly obligatory, please don't sue us. So you mentioned that there is a bit of a an ill-conceived Beast of Bray Road film out there yes. in the, the web space and the cinema space already. Yes. So how would you, I would like you to then pitch me the title and the tagline for a new Beast of Bray Road film, but less along the lines of like a B-horror movie and more along the lines of like a Nicholas Sparks uh, the Notebook, The Last Song, how many Nicholas Sparks movie titles do I know? I think it's just those two. Is a walk to remember Nicholas Sparks? Yes, I don't know. Yes, it is. It's all attractive white people hugging and then one of them dies. Anyway, so you want me to pitch me a Beast of Bray Road romance film. What have I been doing this entire episode? No, give me a title and give me a tagline. Yeah, I know. I gave, well, oh, okay. No, I get it. So you don't want the super cool movie I've been trying to make this entire podcast. You want like a different movie where like, um, I don't Channing Tatum is the Beast of Bray Road. Yes, exactly. And then I guess you're nailing it, right? And so who am I going to cast as the bartender lady, like a down on her luck, like bartender lady who's like of a certain age, but like still ready to mingle with a cool, fun cryptid? I was going to say the bartender's 24 years old, but okay. yeah, no, it's a Nicholas Sparks. No, she's, oh, you're right. She's um, of a certain well, age. Well, then we should probably play it safe, all the Nicholas Sparks, and just just bring in Rachel McAdams on this project. Okay, so it's Rachel McAdams and Channing Tatum in um, the end of the road. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> And the tagline will be, I don't even know. How do I pitch this? This is, it's got to be just so, so right. I, I I can visualize the poster in my head. It's like, paint me a word picture. Okay. So here's, here's the word picture. They are like on this like sort of beautiful wooded path, mm-hmm. uh, a la like the bridges of Madison County. So it's like this, this just beautiful like path going into the woods. There are like some trees sort of arcing over them. Mm-hmm. It's like dusky, like it's twilight and, um, and Channing Tatum, like, looking just so snouty, is just, like, sort of, he has, like, his forehead, like, touching her forehead, and she is significantly shorter because he's seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and we put Rachel McAdams on stilts. Right, so it's, like, a little bit awkward, like, he's leaning down maybe just too much to make it quite romantic, but, like, you're still feeling it because you know what your brain is, like, supposed to see here. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel McAdams, like, looking up at him wistfully, um, except her eyes are half closed because that makes it, like, sultry somehow. Oh. Um, I think maybe it's raining. It's probably raining. Oh, it's absolutely um, raining. Because remember in the story, his car, her car was too wet for him to it's, stick to. It's raining. There's a lake house in the background. There's no <laughs> lake. There's just like a lake house. Um, which is just a house. Which is just a house. It's just a house. Um, minus the lake. So I actually want to wrap this up with a pitch that I just came up with. And you're going to be really mad at me for this pitch for a like bodice ripper. Like the kind of like erotica book you buy at the grocery store <laughs> version of Beast of Bray Road. With like a really like shitty photoshopped cover of like a shirtless man with the face of a wolf Good. and I'm really sorry for this but I can't I can't just I can't throw this title away when it's in my head so I've got a title and a tagline for you so the title is the beast inside me mm-hmm. and the tagline is and the tagline is they met at the intersection of Bray Road and Desire oh I hate <laughs> that I'm gonna write it and become a freaking millionaire that's so much better than mine though no it's it's so much worse than anything it's the new 50 shades of gray look out everybody 50 shades of bray ah! <laughs> agonized shrieking okay well i hope this was an informative episode for you i'm so i i hope sorry. it wasn't informative in that like it made you realize things about yourself that you weren't quite ready to deal with because like yeah, to quote the dean from community i hope this doesn't awaken anything in me ah anyone listening to this episode uh anyway 
Um, we'll be back here next Sunday with slightly less sexually charged episode. Oh, yeah. Tune in next week. Um, I'm going to be talking about Banshees, and we're going to have a special guest on that I think you'll love to meet. So Yes. A special guest and friend. A friend and boy. Amazing. Okay, so that wraps us up. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CryptKeepPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheCryptedKeeper. Enter our contest so we can give you some of those good, good stickers and... Uh, some sweet-ass merch. Yeah, some swag. Some swag, which... According to the office, stands for stuff we all get. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. <laughs>